podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. This is the Blue Room. It's the weekly show. We are live on YouTube and we are all very, 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 very happy Evertonians today. Uh, I am Matt Jones, your host as ever, and the guests who have got the privilege to talk about this game. It's been the easiest job in the world getting people on this week to talk about Everton because everyone wants to do it, but it's usually no one's bothered. <laughs> but I've got Sarah helping. Sarah, how are you? I'm delighted with uh, with what happened on Sunday, mate. So, yeah, all smiles. In a time when the world's a bit mad, it's nice to have Everton looking boss. So, all smiles here. Yeah, uh, Mike as well. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, all good still. Actually looking forward to tomorrow night. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, usually a, a Carabao Cup game against a lower-ranked team at Gunnison is like a recipe for a slip-up. But everyone's... Everyone's keen for today, and Les Roberts is here as well. How are you, how are you doing, mate? All good, mate. Yeah, it was a good weekend of football. Hoylake uh, drew one all in a team from the division above, a local derby it was. And then the Blues went and did the job on, uh, on Sunday, so all good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, cause for the double celebration as well. Everton men and women both beat Spurs over the week. I'll have a chat about that. And as Mike alluded to, uh, Carabao Cup on Wednesday against Salford City should be an interesting game. We'll have a chat about that and what players will be involved, won't be involved. As ever, uh, now with the weekly show, we are live on YouTube. So just let us know how you're feeling, you know, in regards. It's, it's rare for Evertonians to so many of us to be happy at the moment. So just, just tell us about your joyous feelings. Are you celebrating the goal of the weekend? Are you feeling about this team? Um, all of that. And of course, later on the show, we'll speak about who's going to be involved tomorrow as well. But um, I'll, I'll come to you first, Sarah, on this one. We'll speak about the, the, the lads first, going down to... to to the capital and winning. Big so our second win in London in three years. Our first win, obviously, over a established top six side in 41 matches. And Everton totally and utterly deserved it. And, you know, before we speak about the particulars and, and the new lads, who were obviously all absolutely fantastic on the day. I, I tweeted after the game that this just felt a, a bit different to when we'd beaten some of the, you know, we haven't beaten one of the big sides we've made for a long time, obviously, but... In terms of beating one of those established sides and watching Everton play and the control and the authority and the aggression and all those things they showed, it just felt a little bit different to me. It did feel it did feel different. You're spot on, Matt. And, you know, it wasn't a matter of us, you know, having a, a, a scrappy little win and, and Spurs having a, a disastrous day. You know, they might not have been at their best, but we absolutely thoroughly deserved the three points that day. Everybody did their job. You know, Jordan Pickford making a couple of big saves. I think we defended well at the back. Um, new, brand new midfield just absolutely set set the uh, the show alight. I think uh, made a a massive difference to the whole team. Um, our forwards were looking sharp. Dominic Calvert Lewin, our big number nine, scoring a fantastic headed goal. Um, and we we always. We always felt in control. It always once that goal did come because I know there've been the chances like the Richarlison one, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But it always felt like once we got that goal that we were going to be able to see this result out. And it wasn't a matter of coming away and going, "Whoa, we got lucky there." It was we went there. We looked brilliant with players like Alan Decore and Hamas Rodriguez all coming in and all starting. I think we were all pretty excited to see that and and to see how they did. And the three of them just took to it like ducks to water and. Um, 
kind of stepped up. I feel that the whole the whole standard of, of the players around them. You know, I, I can't think of anybody that had a, had a bad game. And there was you know, Luca Dean, Andre Gomez, uh, Pickford, players like that just seemed to really step up. And we looked like a proper outfit, a proper team, and a, a team that that means business this season. We will will. It's one game. We're going to come into obstacles, and and it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows this season. But in terms of starts to a Premier League season, I think most Evertonians will agree, agree that's the best one that we've seen for a very long time. Yeah, you in the same boat there, Laz? Yeah, there was just loads to like about it, wasn't there? Like absolutely everything about the game. Was Sarah said you probably could have picked any player, and every single one of them had a really good game. Just did the job. The whole team functioned as we just hoped it would. Um, it was, I think it was a big boost for everyone when we saw the three new lads going straight in because I don't think I don't think I can remember a time when we've actually done that it's always like oh we'll put them on the bench we even said didn't we on um, what's the score leading up to the game Hammers will probably start on the bench come on after 60 minutes something like that but you know considering he's not played that much football he was head and shoulders above everything else um yeah just just so much to like about it i think the biggest compliment to convey that everton team is they made spurs look like everton basically <laughs> um, yeah it was brilliant uh, mike what about you mate obviously you've been on the transfer shares a lot this this summer and we've been speaking about how this midfield would, would set up and you weren't really entirely sure whether we'd see you know, Gomez is the deepest fella, Alan is the deepest fella, whether it be 4 3 3, you know, 4 2 3 1, whatever. What, what did you make of the way in which that midfield set up? Because to me, it just looked very cohesive and very balanced from the off. Yeah, it, it was just, it was such a contrast, wasn't it? You know, completely from start to finish, they just did everything right. Like, not just the midfield, but all the players to go to a top six um, stadium like that. And, you know, from the first 10, 15 minutes, it was, we eased ourselves into the game, we controlled the ball, you know, we composed ourselves, we didn't, you know, the biggest compliments I can give all the new signings and not all the players, actually, even even Sigerson when he came on, you know, no one, no one shit themselves, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Even when we were, even when we went beyond, even when uh, we went ahead, not behind, even when we went ahead, you know, the, I think the stat came up on um, Sky the five minutes after we'd, taking the lead. I think we had like 78% possession. You know, it was, we got the goal and it was like, right, we're going to go again now. And I think, I think Richardson literally had two or three chances after, you know, five, ten minutes after that. And it's mad, not that we've, not that we just won, but really it could have been two or three and, you know, we were losing for the Richardson chance and it probably should have been, it should have been two or three. Mm. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah, I think, an Everton team that's a bit further on the line there, a bit sharp and a bit more in tune with each other. We'll probably kill that game off in, in, in the last 20 minutes there. But no, I'll, I'll come back to you, Sarah, on, on the new signs in particular. I mean, where, you know, where do you want to start? Who do you, who do you want to talk about first? Who, who stood out most for you? It's a really difficult one, actually, because I think all three genuinely were absolutely sublime. They, they really were. Uh, James Rodriguez, I think, is probably the best place to start. But then Alan, Decore, you know, all three of them were absolutely fantastic. But James Rodriguez, I mean, I just kept watching him playing and and the amount of time and space he can create for himself so simply. Like, he just looks, Les said it before, just a cut above the rest um, and really offers that, that star quality and something that we've been lacking for a long time. And Calvert-Lewin mentioned it in his post-match as well. Um, 
you know, when, when a player like James Rodriguez comes in, you just know as a centre forward that there are going to be chances created for you in every single game that he plays. And you could see that he would just pick a pass, create things um, so effortlessly, you know, like it, 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 he's just an absolutely fantastic footballer. Um, and it's fantastic to see him in the Royal Blue of Everton. But Alan as well, just getting stuck into everything that we, we wanted from him and we expected to see from him. We were seeing it from the word go, you know, from the get go. He was just on Tottenham's toes like nothing else. They didn't have a second. It was like a, a little Jack Russell tearing around the pitch, <laughs> nipping at everyone's feet. And I just loved it, breaking things up, making the back four's job so much easier for them. Um, and Decore as well. And, last ditch and make brilliant tackles um recovery tackles creating opportunities going forward striding up and down the pitch they all were brilliant and made a massive difference to the squad and um and the team and as i said i think just really lifted the standards of everybody around them and really lifting the morale of those players around them you know we've got superstars in this team now real real fully fledged superstars and you, you either take that challenge or embrace that and go, this is the best opportunity. I'm getting to play under this manager and play with these, these players. I'm going to step up um, or you'll fade away because the standards have got, to, have got to go like this now. But for me, I think Hammers Rodriguez probably just about steals the limelight because it's just flawless. The only thing that could have been better is if, 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 he'd, have, if, if he'd have nicked a goal and he, he came close as well. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be far off, is it? But do you know what, Les, just on, on Hammers and, you know, Feel free to follow what Trey's on here, Mike, as well. But there were times just watching the warm up and watching the game, and I just felt just like chuckling to myself, like, how, how has this happened? How, mm. how, is this, how is this fella playing for Everton? You know, I remember when he, when he moved to Real Madrid after the, the World Cup in 2014, and I tried to sign him on FIFA for Everton, and I couldn't do it because he was too good, and he was too, <laughs> too expensive. It's like, oh, that'd be, so, be so unrealistic. So, but to be playing in Everton colours, you know, it was, it was marvellous. But, you know, I think when, we've done, when we were doing the build to these shows and we were all speaking about the signings, I think what, you know, people trying to be sensible and look at the team and saying, you know, the most important ones and the most exciting ones are Alan and Decore. But I think really deep down, this is the one we were all excited about and probably the one we were, you know, maybe apprehensive about when we see him starting because, you know, what we said there about his fitness and lack of game time. But I think it's just a testament to his outrageous quality and technical ability that he was able to just, just settle into that game like it was nothing. You know, it, it, it was like watching a Premier League player go and play in the Championship or you know, something akin to that. He just looked at, like on a different level to everybody else. And the fact he wasn't totally fit, the fact he faded a little bit in the game, the fact he didn't really know any of his teammates and can't speak any English yet, it was all sort of offset by just how good a foot he is. Yeah, he's, he's like that lad who turns up a five side one week, isn't he? You make things of a long oyster. He's dead good. He'll go on our side and he just takes the piss out of everyone. Um, in fact, to be honest, the, the way he played, it was like he was playing five-a-side at times. You know, I think, was it me and it absolutely rocketed the ball at him and he just killed oh, the chest sort of in mid-air. He's flicking it over players. He just... I was saying to my dad when we were watching the game, I said, is this what the likes of Man City and Real Madrid are just used to now? This class of play? Because I have, I have genuinely never seen it. It's like I, I don't really. I only ever watch Everton, so I don't really watch any like Champions League football much. But I think because of the surroundings of, of two sets of players, he really absolutely stood out, and he, he was brilliant. It was just like it, it is like you're thinking, how on earth have we signed this fella? So then, obviously, when Ancelotti's asked that question, 
and there's a bit of cynicism about it, you know, is he just coming for a payday, whatever. And Ancelotti just comes out and says, no, he's coming here because he wants to play. He said himself he wants to play, and you can see that he just wants to play, doesn't he? He just wants to be involved in that game any way possible, and he's going to bring the best out of the players around him. That, that's, that's undoubted. They're just, it's like, like Mike was saying, can't wait for the next game. I don't think he'll figure against Salford, but looking to West Brom's the weekend, I just can't wait to watch the Blues again. Not a feeling I'm used to, to be honest. <laughs> what did you make of him, Mike? Was he, did he line up pretty much how you expected him to? Um, you know what? He was. I think the best thing was is that it was quite obvious that he said it then that he wasn't fully fit, and this this is just the start. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I hope I hope we're not. I really hope we're not like building him up, and he, you know he's going to get injured next week, and we don't see him till like Christmas or whatever. I'd hate it. <laughs> but he was just. He was so good. You know, he was so. He was. He was obviously a class above. It was just. It wasn't even. You know, the the switches of players. It was just the little things. It was the vision. It was the the little touch. The little touch like Les mentioned it there, where Mina fired it right right into his chest, and somehow he's touching it there, stone cold. And then he happens to turn, finds Richarlison, who probably should score again. It's just. It's, it's unbelievable, really. And I think the best thing was that. You know, you go on Twitter, you know, half an hour after the game's finished and everyone, all the opposition fans are like, why didn't we take the chance? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know even like Man United fans or Chelsea fans or whatever, you spent all this money and it's like, well, you know, what, what's he doing in Everton? You know, that's, that's the best thing, really. It's, it's almost like everyone's forgotten how, you know, this is actually a really good footballer. This mm. has not been given a chance much at Madrid. But I think, you know, it, who knows how this is going to work out in, in the long term, but... To me as well, it, it just looked a lot like a lad who really enjoys playing footy, just being able to play footy again. He's not been able to do that for a long time. And I think in the short term, at least, you know, maybe his motivation won't be there in the long term. Who, who knows how it's going to work out? But I think for that, that this initial burst, at least, we will get a lot out of him just by virtue of the fact that he is a lad who loves playing football and he's back playing football again. And I, and I really hope that that carries on. And, you know, poor Ben Davis by the end of it, just giving up, Andy, because he tried getting tight to him. <laughs> And he just spun him and ran past him. He tried dropping off him, and he, he you know, he's picking passes out and having shots at goal. And it, everything he did, he just, he just gradually sort of wore him down. Not, not in a way that you know we've seen with Charleston, wear people down. You know, including Matt Doherty at the weekend, he, he ran him into the ground, didn't he? Let's be honest. But mm-hmm. it was just sort of after a while, Davis just realised that this, this fella's just too good for me. I'm just gonna have to just, just gonna hope he doesn't do anything on the ball. Uh, Les, go on, mate. Yeah, just it just you can just tell he's such a really clever player because you know he was he wasn't a full fitness, but he looked surprisingly strong. I wasn't expecting that sort of strength, you know, to be able to shoulder people like and, and mm. guard the ball. Uh, there were times when he was doing that. It, he's moving it so quickly with his feet, he was just completely bamboozling them at times. Um, yeah, he's going to be a joy to watch. I think I think like we said, we said with Richardson probably last season, he's going to leave eventually. Just enjoy him while he's here. Same with Hammers, just. Just enjoy it because he's going to be a delight to watch. Hmm. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Uh, just very quickly going back to the other lads, uh, Mike. I know you wanted to speak about the Corey because you were you were really impressed by him. Yeah, I thought you know out of Allen and Hammers, as much as they played well, I think we know what their level was. You know, both played Champions League football, both have played at really top teams. The Corey, as much as he has you know Premier League experience, we weren't sure whether he'd be at the same level. But my word, he was. He was everything. He was he was everywhere, and he was everything we needed. You know, I hate to say, you know, it's it's that you know, pacey and powerful and strong and stuff like that. But he was, he was box to box. You know, that tackle on Lucas. You know, we if he's not there, like let's be honest, I hate 
he'd be like, um, you know, take him off the scenario and, and no one, you know, no one's going to get there. But if you yeah. t- go back, you know, three, you know, what was it, six, seven weeks ago we played Spurs. Can you imagine yeah. Citizen or Davies or Gomez even being in that position or then even having the recovery pace to get to that tackle? No chance. You yeah. know, I think, again, you know, he's he's the only one who's probably had a proper pre-season, but even then, he's not played any pre-season games. He's just been in training for Watford. So I think, same with Hammers and same with Alan, you know, it's only going to get better, you know, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and I think as, as well, Sarah, the good thing about the core was he, was he was getting into the box, wasn't he? And, you know, he, he didn't get on the end of anything, you know, no one really found him with any of those passes, but you, you can see why he's chipped in with five, six, seven goals every season at Watford. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when you look at the, with all due respect to Watford as well, when you look at the standard of player that he's going to have around him now at Everton as well, it's gone up a notch as well. So you'd imagine that he'll find himself with even more opportunities and he's got an absolute bullet of a shot on him, hasn't he? And as uh, as Mike was just saying then as well, that complete box to box. And that, that was an excellent point as well about you can't imagine had that been Sigurdsson or Davis you know being able for them to to have the pace to get back and make that last ditch recovery which you know they wouldn't have been in the frame they wouldn't have been in the frame would they they would not even have been the shot on the telly yeah not a a chance they're not getting near it and that's the kind of thing he's going to bring to us so defensively uh, it brings so much to the side but also as you said going forward I think He's got that power and that pace. You know, Mike said you don't want to just constantly go on about his physical attributes because he's a lot more than that. Um, but mm. I think, yeah, he, he's going to hopefully ping in a few goals for Everton as well. And I think he looked he looked perfect all-rounder. And the three of them just fit into this side and have made us from a team where we've gone, oh, you know, what really are we? What's our identity? You know, we have got some good players in Luca Dean and, and Richarlison, but where do we go from here? Them three have come in, Alan DeCore and, and Hammers, and just made us look the business. Um, and yeah, you know, how long it will last. And Mike, you made my stomach drop, mate, when you said about hopefully he <laughs> doesn't get injured and, and, um, and we won't see until Christmas. That Simon and Garfunkel song started playing in my head. It's out of the silence. I'd zoned out. But uh, no, you know, the core brilliant player and uh, the three of them, just, just exquisite business by the club. Um, they've backed Ancelotti. He's got these players in. He's identified them and, and, even after one game, you can see that it's uh, it looks like it's going to work very well. Hmm. The other thing I really liked about the core as well was that obviously when James was tiring late in the game, he couldn't get back as much. He was sort of playing on the the right that midfield free, and so often he got over to help Coleman out, who, who could have been outnumbered by Son and, and, and Ben Davis quite easily in that regard. So great hmm. to see he's positionally aware as well. And you know, if you know James isn't going to be charging back all the time to stand on Seamus Coleman's toes, as he should. I think it's important that on that side of the midfield three. It's quite similar to what, maybe what McCarthy used to do in his first mm. season. You know, when, when Coleman used to properly bomb on him, he used to leave spaces in those positions. Like the core, he was getting over and really filling that gap when, when Spurs turned it over. So, fantastic. Les, I want to speak to you about Alan because I was watching him and thinking that of all the people who come on the Blue Room, I reckon you would have been enjoying his gnarly, nasty performance the most, to be honest. I was, very much. <laughs> it, was <laughs> nice to see, it was nice to see him in a few tussles with Hoiberg as well. Um, who looked completely, <laughs> completely off the pace. I think if you, if you can compare Decore and Hoiberg as two players coming in from different Premier League clubs, probably at the same level of fitness, they were just miles apart. Decore was just miles ahead. I'm sure Hoiberg will get better, but uh, on that evidence, I'm, uh, I'm not really disappointed we missed out on him. But yeah, Alan, 
he um, he's everything we've needed, isn't he? You know, since since Garner left, really, and, and maybe before he's he's a different type of player to Garner, and he's not so much. He just puts out fires. He's always looking to get forward as well, which is something you can say about that whole midfield three. Now I think we've got a proper proper unit there who can all do sort of each other's job to a little bit. They're all specialists. So you have got Gomez, who's you know good on the ball, good passer. Alan, who's the sort of basically the tackler. Then you've got the corner, who's box to box. But each player can do a little bit of the, the of the other's role, and it is like a proper unit now. But you do need that player like Alan, who's gonna break the play up and just pop it off. But yeah, I was made up with him. I've, I love players like that, and I think I can't wait to get back into Goodison and see him snapping people all over the park because there's, <laughs> there's nothing gets a Goodison crowd up like seeing players throwing tackles in, is there? It's I the love, most I basic love, aspect, but... I love the fact that he was being compared to Peter Reid just because he made a few tackles and had his socks sung down by his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're easily pleased these days, aren't we? We haven't, we haven't had that yeah. for a while. But like you said, mate, we're not going to get carried away now. When's the time? And, and Mike, you, sh- you shared it a great. Do check out Mike's Mike's Twitter feed for this um, if you listen on the podcast um, because you shared a great clip of him just going over and sorting out a, a situation where Gilfie Sigerson oh, yeah. wasn't quite cutting it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Sigerson is just faffing about on the edge of the box, isn't he? You know, I think yeah, he, he fails to tackle and then heads it to no one, and then I think Sissoko passes it. And he's like Sigerson tracks his man. He's like, yeah, I'm going to block the cross here. And Alan just comes storming over and just boots it out for the corner. Like, not having that. Not waiting for the cross to come in. <laughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. He's definitely a sorter out isn't he, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, you got any thoughts on any of those lads' uh, performance? Do leave, leave us something in the comments here. I was quickly wrapped through some of them. Uh, Jay Patterson was at Everton playing on Sunday. Didn't look anything like them. Up the fucking toffees. Uh, Dave <laughs> Max said, I can honestly say that's the first time I fully enjoyed the total performance from an Everton team since the mid 80s championship side. Amazing. Uh, Jay Pat also said, Away at Arsenal under Martinez, domination of United and City at home recently in this game. Damn, we look good. Um, Recon Rascal has said, Chamez, I knew was good, but better, was better than the YouTube footage clips. Let's hope he doesn't do an Alan Barley on us. What's that, Les? You know Alan Barley, oh, my dad's spoken about him. Yeah, he came in with a big <laughs> reputation and was terrible. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure Hammers will be a bit better than him. Fingers crossed, yeah. anyway. Uh, but that, I suppose that's, that's an interesting point that, that was made there, isn't it, as well? Sarah, that it, we're talking about these new lads. You know, we haven't even mentioned Dominic Calvert-Lewin's name Yeah, I did the same thing on the, the post-match <laughs> show at, at the weekend and how well he played. You know, Coleman and, and Luca Dean were excellent. You know, Jordan Pickford as well. And... I suppose it's, well, I want to bring this back to the new signings again, but I suppose when you bring in players like that, it just lifts everyone else's level, doesn't it? Definitely does. And it's like we said before, you know, I think there's no messing around now when you've seen the calibre of player who's coming in. You, you don't really get anybody better um, on his day than, than James Rodriguez. And you're also talking about players like Alan, who's played under Ancelotti in the Champions League, etc. Um, the core is just come in and look brilliant and yeah I think they know Look, you, we either move with this team or or you kind of drop off and it just generates a buzz as well um, we've spoken about Jordan Pickford and maybe the mentality and um, he'd, he'd kind of struggled with that aspect of things over the last couple of years and it was showing in performances but it's like that level of focus is there everybody's absolutely on their A game um, 
everybody's excited to be a part of it and that's what you want you you want everybody stepping up to the plate and stepping up to the challenge with these new players and and with this new manager um and it looks certainly with the with the players you know not just the starting 11 but also the substitutes that came on as well on sunday i think everybody did their job and that's a sign of a really good team is when everybody is in sync focusing on on the same thing and you're quite right you know Dominic Calvert-Lewin I think had a had an absolutely top performance again not only the goal which was fantastic but his overall play in the game he looks sharper he looks quicker he looks stronger um Richarlison Andre Gomez I think was great Luca Dean Coleman Pickford you know there was there were so many players in there that that had a good game and yeah, I think this is what we're going to see with, with these new players that have come in, the new manager um, in his first full proper season with Everton. We're going like this. It's up in the standards all the time. And yeah, let's just hope that the, the rest of the team continue to to grow and we can really build a, a strong team to, to try and, as, as Ancelotti said, you know, to make us compete again. Yeah, 100%. And- I suppose as well, Mike. When when you look at all those lads and the performance as, as a whole, it, you know it, it contained so many things. You just want to sort of tick off at the start of the season. You know, you've got you, you, your main striker scoring after a bit of a barren at the end of last season. That's sorted now. Andre Gomez playing in his best position, looked a lot better. That's sorted. Richardson looked like he could do a job on the left wing and played up front. That's sorted. You know, the centre backs looked good. They they were comfortable, clean sheets. Same with the goalkeeper. It's one of them where everyone's going to feel like they've, they've got off to a good start and really contributed. Yeah, I think and when you look at the next, I think the next three fixtures are West Brom, Palace, Brighton before the derby. There's, I'm, I'm going to be a massive jinx here, but there's, there's, there's no reason why. <laughs> no, no, but there's no reason why we can't win the next three. And then that's, that's four wins in a row. And, and obviously, that, that is, I'm saying let's not... Again, not an easy start, but relatively, it's it's almost a perfect start. We start totting up these wins early on, while the the, the new signings, and then it looks like it's going to be four three three from now on, doesn't it? So it will be bedding in a new system as well, so we can keep on winning games while all this is coming together. And then, you know, it's just it's a, it's a massive boost, and you know, you talk about the new signings, talk about. Everyone's got to go up a level now. And you look on the um, play play tomorrow, don't we? You know, I doubt any of the new signings will play tomorrow. But the players who do play have got something to fight for now. Because Gilfie Sigurdsson, Theo Wilcott, Tom Davies, you know, previously they did wait two or three games, and they if they weren't if they weren't playing, whoever was playing in front of them, they drop off at some point. They knew they'd get back on the side eventually. That's not going to happen. Uh, you work hard in training, or when you get on the pitch, you play well. If not, you're not going to play. So you talk about you know signing players, and it's going to raise everyone's game. It disproves that this is what happens. And you looked at, I think it was Calvert Lewin who was interviewed after the game, how buzzing he was. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he looked, I know, I know, he's only 22. He's only two years old than me, but he, he was like, a, he was like a kid. He was absolutely over the moon. Yeah, I think he reflected all of our thoughts, didn't he? There, and just yeah. one other player, one other player wanted to, to mention, Les, before we, we moved on in a bit more detail. You know, as Mike said, it does feel like there's more competition in, in all areas of the squad now. One area where there still isn't really that much is in goal, and you know, Jordan Pickford is it looks like he's going to be the, the number one again this year, barring a dramatic turn of events, and probably had the the, the best start you could really hope for. And it, it wasn't just the clean sheet for me and, and some of the saves he made, but late in the game, coming and grabbing crosses, 
the one which I absolutely loved was when he came out and punched it. I just took, I think he took me, me and yeah. Keane completely out. And that's the sort of dominance of his box that you know, we haven't really seen from him since that first season. Yeah, that's, that sort of went completely missing from his game, didn't it? So when we got him, I remember when he came in and it was like, oh my God, we've got a lad in goal here who's going to shout at the defence, tell them what he needs and command his box, which he did for the first season. And then it just completely went out of his game. So I think you're right, that was, that was the most complete performance he's put in for a long, long time. He, um, he wasn't acting the goat. He was just getting on with his game. He was assertive, as you say. You want your keeper to come out and just clean out whatever's in the area to get the ball and he was doing that the two saves were vital as well the, fir- the first one was like that's, that's an easily underrated save that because that, that was a good shot coming in he got his fingers to it to tip it round and then the second one as well what he got with his foot he was in the right place at the right time and there was no there was no histrionics there was no drama you know he's obviously still going to make mistakes it's just maybe don't jump on his back when he does I think it's up to him now he's, he's got to calm himself down and sort of exude that confidence without the cockiness because he's always going to have mistakes in his game all keepers do and then if you're cocky like that as a keeper and you drop a clanger it just makes you look like an idiot so hopefully fingers crossed he'll get all out of his game but yeah I think as Sarah said before you you pick any one of those players including Pickford and you know the the all game sort of man of the match performances in in their positions it was it was great to see obviously it, a lot of, it, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, well, Spurs weren't very good because they weren't. But this was an opening day game at home against a beatable team in Everton, really. Mm-hmm. Spurs would have had no doubt that they could beat us. You look at their forward line and they, had, they did have the chances as well. But we didn't let them beat us. We kept on up them all game. We kept our game plan. I think you said in the, uh, the post-match or, or maybe in the sub-weekly yesterday, Reno changed his formations three times. Yeah. And still, yeah. st- you know... How many times has Mourinho changed the formation three times in a game and it not worked on any of those occasions? It was just te- testament to how everybody played. The goal celebration as well, they look like a group of lads who were enjoying yeah, this. Yeah. There looks to be a lot of unity in that team now, which is, again, it's something we've not had. Suddenly, suddenly after hating every one of them about six weeks ago, I'm back in love with all of them. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think that is important in this area, just to, to finish off on this game, that, you know, what Les mentioned there about the spirit. You know, it's great to see Rodriguez was running over and, and jumping on the back and really invested and, and involved in it all. And I suppose mm-hmm. the, the other thing in regards to a result like this as well is that when the, these, these lads are in a tough game away from home again, maybe one they'll open it's a bit tougher and, you know, there's playing a better side than Spurs and putting pressure on and we're trying to hold out for a draw they can, they can look each other in the eye and say we, we've been there and done this now you know it's, it's not been 40 games since, since Everton have last done this or you know my midfield partner or my centre-back partner has done this we did it a few months ago or a few weeks ago and, and that's, that's got to be a good thing whenever they find themselves in this situation again in the future hopefully yeah I think that's an excellent point Matt I think that is something that you know, when we when we talk about derbies and our massive lack of success in them for a long time, something that it always comes down to, like you've just said the stats of since we last beat somebody in the top six away from home, it was 41 games. Well, I do think that there's definitely something to be said for that. You know, there's been times when we've been in good positions, but in the back of our minds, in the back of the psyche of, of the team has always been, and, and the opposition as well, 
they're at some point going to make a mistake. You know, we'll we'll have our chance and we'll take it. And Everton have almost been like that. They're going to score at some point. They're going to score at some point. We're not going to win even subconsciously. And yeah, now they can go, yeah, well, we did it. We did it opening day of the season at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium under a Jose Mourinho side that had to change formations three times. Got a goal, kept a clean sheet, got it over the line relatively comfortably. And as you said, you know, those those saves from Pickford were big, big saves. Um, and and you can't underrate them. But we, we still, like like Les said, and I love that, we didn't let them beat us. And and that is like that's what it was like. It's like we're not gonna let these we're not gonna let these beat us today. Actually, we're gonna make sure we beat them. And the team spirit, like you said, that picture where you've got everyone together and you've got James Rodriguez jumping on the shoulders of of Calvert Lewin and Richarlison and everything. They look together, they look a team, uh, they look the business on the pitch. And uh, let's just hope it continues for uh, more often than not throughout this throughout this season. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Go on, sorry, sorry, mate, just, sorry, mate, just quickly. It's not, um, it, it was what, like 40 games since we beat the top six side away. Uh, if you take that back further, we've won three times at Spurs since 1985, I think. Oof, if you start wow. to write. When we had that, um, yeah, we had that three three season spell, didn't we? Where we beat them three seasons on yeah. the trot at Spurs. The only time we won before that was we beat them twice in 1985. So that's wow. three wins in, what, 25 years? Is it 35 years? I don't know. 35, 35 years, years, isn't it? Yeah, mm, Jesus. Yeah. Three, three Ticking off all these years. boxes. It'll be the Derby, <laughs> yeah. and a tro- Derby and a trophy next, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep bringing up these similarities to 85, mate. Absolutely, yeah. I think that'll, that'll make us all excited. Uh, we'll talk about the sofa game in a minute. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, do let us know in the comments. Uh, which players you do want to see in that game, uh, maybe ones who weren't involved for the weekend, maybe ones who were. And maybe if you don't, is there anyone you want to see rested from the weekend? Uh, does Hamas have to get his feet up or do you just want to see them play football again? Uh, let us know what, what you think about that and who you want to see involved tomorrow night at Goodison Park. But of course, it was a, a double celebration at the weekend as well because Willie Kirk's side also got a 1-0 win over Tottenham, uh, keeping the... The great start of the season going, Sarah. Um, it, it always felt as though Spurs were going to be a, a tougher test second week of the season than what they had against Bristol uh, the, on, on the first weekend of the season. But they stepped up again, really good performance. And Izzy Christensen continued their great start of the campaign as well. She did. And, you know, I, I loved something that Everton did as well when they, they put up a, a tweet and they showed the goals side by side because they were almost exactly at the same time as well. I think Izzy's was in the 50th minute. Doms was in the 54th. Both uh, balls whipped in from the left-hand side and, and brilliant headers as well. Um, and you're right, it was a much tougher game than Bristol away. I think in that game, we found ourselves really comfortably, you know, 2-0 up within the first sort of 20 minutes and kind of able to just be in cruise control to an extent. But Spurs were a very good side. They were very, very um, tough to break down, defensively organised so well. And like in the Spurs game as well, our, our keeper, Sandy McKeever, was, was called upon to make some big saves when, when she needed to. But again, it was a similar kind of thing in that sense as well. We, we, always, we always had the, the better, you know, better possession, were better on the ball, had created the better of the chances. Um, but it's about getting the ball in the back of the net. We did that. We're, we're currently second in the league because Arsenal have got a ridiculous goal difference. But we're the only team to win twice and not concede a goal. Um, so yeah, things are looking really, really good, and and like we just said about with the men's team as well, that that kind of togetherness, it seems very much to be that way 
uh, with with our women's team as well at the moment. Everybody's grafting for each other. There's a real confidence, a real sort of quiet confidence about us where we know that we're we're going to do well this season and, and the players know how good this team is. Um, and we've, of course, got a massive uh, FA Cup quarterfinal as well. And no doubt, even though it's against Chelsea, the girls are going into this and, and Willie Kirk's heading into this thinking, yeah, we can win this and, and, and we could go all the way and, and, and win silverware still from last season, this season in the FA Cup. So, yeah, brilliant Sunday to see that happen and then to be able to get home and, and watch the boys do the same was was brilliant and, and long may the, con- the success for both continue. Just t- tell us a bit more about Izzy Christensen as well, because she's had a, a really interesting career, hasn't she? Obviously, you've spent the early part of a, a youth career, sorry, the late part of a youth career and the early part of a senior career at, at Everton, albeit didn't play a senior game. She's been at Man City and Lyon. I mean, they're, they're two of the biggest, you know, most successful women's teams in, in European football. Is, is, that, is that something she's brought to the side in addition to a quality that... That sort of mentality. Definitely. You know, she's so... If you watch her, into, I did an interview with her post-match um, on Sunday as well, and the way she speaks and everything, she, she's so professional in everything she does. Um, she's just absolutely dictating play from that midfield. She, you can see that she's a winner. She's won Champions League. She's won league titles. She's played at the, at the highest level with, with a country. She's... She's one of the best uh, midfielders in the game for me. And in a post-match interview as well, Boston sort of promised, delivered, delivered upon. And I think when we announced that we'd signed Izzy, it was a massive coup and everyone was like, wow, that's, that, she was probably the first big signing or one of the first big signings where everyone was like, wow, she's gone to Everton, you know? And, mm-hmm. and um, you can see that she's up the levels again in that, in that team. And, She's obviously bought into the the project as well when she's come and and Willie Kirk and and the staff of and the club have said, look, this is this is where we are right now. This is what we want to do and what we want to build. And she just brings so much to everybody else. I think seeing her on that pitch doing what she does, like we said about Hammers Rodriguez as well. She's just a, a cut above, and um, it's rubbing off on the other players. I think, and she's a winner. She's got that winning mentality. And something else that I spoke to her about was. And I loved it. It was like, we talk about Everton and she's like, we can be a really lovely group of people. And, a, you know, we're really nice. We're a really nice team. We're a really nice group of people. But we're, we're here to win stuff. We're not here yeah. to be nice and be your mates. We're Everton and we wanna, we're going to do our very best and we're going to be successful. And that is a mentality switch. Um, and it, it, you, you can see it. And it's just a really exciting time for the women's team. And to be able to be a, watch them in the flesh is um, beyond privileged and uh, yeah, Izzy, we forget she was here at Everton before, but let's hope she really makes a mark with us this time and, and can go on to win trophies with the Blues. Mm-hmm. She's well on her way to doing that. Like you said, that FA Cup quarter final now, uh, not far off against Chelsea. They've got a bit of a break before that as well, so they should be nicely recuperated for that game. Uh, but we'll have a, just to chat, finish off, we'll have a chat about the match against Salford. Uh, Mike, I'll, I'll come to you first on, on this one, mate. Um, how many of the lads who started on Sunday do you want to see in the start at 11 tomorrow? None. <laughs> <laughs> You'd go full sweeping changes? Um, I think out of the players who started, I think I'd keep Pickford, Keane. That might, that might be it. Um, yeah, I think that might be it. I think maybe Calvin Lewin might start and maybe Richarlison, but other than that, you know, I think I think I think if it was up to me, I wouldn't. But I think Alan and Decore might play. 
Um, Hamas Rodriguez I'd, I'd rather not see um, be kicked around the pitch by League Two players for like 80 minutes you know that mm-hmm. that, that spells disaster for me um, so I think and I think the main thing is because we've not, not because we've not had a pre-season there's a lot of players there who've, who've who've not played a lot of football for two or three months now and no disrespect for Salford but to be, you know our squad depth's a lot better than it used to be so I, I, it's by, I think a lot, some people might say it is we're not taking it seriously, but rotating isn't like it used to be where, you know, Secundo Castillo would be coming into the side or something like that. You know, <laughs> as much as people... I never used to mind him. <laughs> as much as, you know, people not really too keen on the likes of Tom Davies or Gilfie Sigurdsson or, or Theo Wilcox, you know, they can get the job done against Salford. So I'd have no, no problems with them playing, to be honest. What about you, Les? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Mike. To be honest, I think uh, definitely start Jordan Pickford. I don't think, I never think there's any excuse to, to change the keeper. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't like that because, you know, keepers need consistency and run a game. Uh, Virginia on the bench, wasn't it, the weekend as well? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think he's impressed much in recent years, has he, despite having, you know, an encouraging start to his youth career? No. No, so I, no he hasn't. He had a terrible time at Redden, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, I'd see where he's at with... Um, with the squad now, but I think yeah, I think I'd just stick. I'd stick with pick. But I always actually love this round of the cup. It's my favourite round of any cup competition. This because you always get a bit of a mad team in the draw. It, it always it always throws up a team who you you very rare, apart from Lincoln City, who we seem to get every other year in this. Um, <laughs> it like it generally throws up some mad teams. This was always like I used to do my mate Ted in years ago. Um, like in the 90s, and we'd get the draw for this, and I'd be like, right, we're going to Scunthorpe. Do we have to? Yes, we're going to York. Just because you get all these mad little ways that you'd never go to normally. So, I mean, it's a shame. I know it's a home, like, but it's a shame that like no one could go the game because it's always, it's always a nice novelty, this round of the cup, I think. Um, hopefully, we won't mess it up, but I can, see, I can see there being big, big changes in the squad. I'd like to see Keane get a, Keane get a goal up front, yeah. give him a start up front. As he said before about Calvert-Loon, he sort of got that, straight away got that monkey off his back where he hasn't scored, he hasn't scored away. He's done both. Now, do the same for Keane. Give him a goal, get him off the mark, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm in a similar position, Sarah. I suppose the, the manager and the, the coaching staff and you know people who do the fitness of the football club are, are in a strange position because we've only had two pre-season games. Obviously, pre-season's been a, you know, a bit, bit shorter. And you've, you've got to say, if... if you know, the likes of Walcott and Awobi and Gordon Keane, you know, et cetera, et cetera, don't get a game in this, then, you know, given the way the team shaped up on Sunday and how, how secure and how settled that 11 looked, it, it could be a while before they play again. And, you know, that's that's not an ideal situation, is it, really? No, there's there's definitely going to be have to be games where you do give these players uh, minutes, like you said, Anthony Gordon, um, Moisa Keane, I think probably John Joe Kenny might come in at right back. I wouldn't mind seeing Umkunku at uh, left back as well, given a chance in there. Um, as much as I absolutely love the idea of seeing Hammers Rodriguez playing against Salford City, um, like Mike said, you know, unless you don't want to see him getting absolutely kicked to pieces by League Two players for 80 minutes of the game. So, yeah, I think this is an opportunity to to bring in some of the lads that are, are maybe going to struggle to knock some of those new signings and other players out of the starting eleven for the league games. Um, I know it's Salford City and I know we're at home, but we still have to <laughs> have to absolutely make sure we get through. Though, but I don't think there'll be 
uh, any any major problems like Les said there. I think it should be a relatively routine um, win for Everton, all being well. And uh, yeah, I think we probably will see the likes of Rodriguez miss out and the players like Tom Davis, maybe Sigurdsson, Walcott, John Joe Kenny, etc. come in. But I, mm. I totally agree as well that I don't like to see the goalkeeper change. We saw that, was it a few seasons ago when we had Southampton and um, Stecklenburg yeah. came in and you know it's just such a good opportunity for us to actually do something half decent again that season and and you know it was a it was a tie that we should have progressed in and you think it's just an it's not a, nece- a necessary thing to do so yeah I think there'll be changes I don't think we'll see uh, maybe all of our sort of star-studded names in there but let's hope we've we've got enough in there I'm sure we will to get it over the line and get through to the to the next round. Yeah, it's um, I think having the half twelve kick off on Saturday is probably not going to help much either, is it? In that regard, I think you'll be wary of that. I think West Brom play tonight. This is obviously recorded on Tuesday. I'm not entirely sure about that though, so they might have. They play tomorrow, ex- I think. I do, they mate. Yeah, they play. Yeah, yeah. they've got like they've got like six o'clock kick off. I think. They just uh, okay. uh, they just signed Ivanovic as well, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so we've, uh, we de- we definitely did dodge a bullet there by the look of it. Ah, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Bronislav Ivanovic 1-0 on Saturday now. You can thank Cliff Roberts for that. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed on. Nailed on. Yeah, uh, but we'll be previewing that game later in the week on what's the score as well. Uh, just predictions for tomorrow night. Bit of a laugh before we go. Uh, prediction on who's going to score for us, making it a bit more interesting. Uh, Sarah, you first. Uh, I'm going to go for 2-0 and Anthony Gordon and Moise Keane for the goals. Les? 1-0, Darren Gibson. <laughs> Darren Gibson? <laughs> he signed for Salford, Danny. Has he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So, so he'll be playing against us? Yeah, so if James Rodriguez does play, he's well getting snapped by Darren Gibson. Um, <laughs> no, I'll go, I'll go to see one because I do genuinely think Darren Gibson will score. Um, I, I had no idea he'd signed for them. I just thought you'd gone yeah. into your mailbag mood where you just shout out random Everton players for, for the answer. <laughs> No, that's uh, yeah, that's more more transfer news. God, it's all happening here, isn't it? Oh, no. Broke Ivanovic, broke Gibson. Um, yeah, two-one. <laughs> Hopefully, Keane and Walcott. There you go. Mike, um, I go three-nil, and I go Moise Keane, Brayton, Anthony Gordon. We'll get his first Everton goal. I was going to go three-nil, Keane Hatchery. So. Oh, that'd be a good one. That'd give him a confidence boost, wouldn't it? That'd be a nice one, mate. Yeah. yeah. Running rings around Dan and Gibson in midfield as well. That'd be <laughs> that'd be lovely to see. But uh, yeah, thanks very much to, to everyone, uh, to Sarah, to Les and to Mike. Cheers for getting involved on YouTube as ever. I hope you're all enjoying us streaming these. Uh, it's great to have that interaction throughout the course of the show. Uh, we'll be doing our post-match reaction to tomorrow's game, straight after tomorrow. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has confirmed so far that who else is going to be on yet, yeah, but we'll we'll rope in a couple more because everyone wants to talk about Everton at the moment as I said so it's dead easy dead easy we'll probably have five or six on that but uh, all usual stuff coming up as well on the Blue Room on the Blue Room Extra just a reminder as well uh, this podcast is brought to you by Pitch Sport uh, do download the Pitch Sport app and check out all the figures from Everton's game at the weekend in regards to who was rated man of the match uh, what people made of uh, the manager the referee all those sorts of things as well and you can pick your 11 for the upcoming games on there too so do check that out as well. It's the Pitch Sport app. But yeah, thanks again to our wonderful guests today. Uh, we'll speak to you again soon here on the Blue Room. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.